And welcome to the Pure Opelka podcast. It's Mike Opelka here on April 6th, a Thursday. I was not here yesterday. I was on the road in New York City. Went to see the the first time in years that the International Auto Show, the New York International Auto Show, was held in the massive Jacob Javits Convention Center. COVID has put the kibosh on the car show for years. And now it's back full force. And trust me, there was a huge, huge gathering of members of the media, international media. It seems like mostly it was international media. But I attended it with our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach. She'll join us tomorrow to talk about what she noticed at the auto show. I noticed a lot of cars are starting to look alike. It really, um, really kind of depressed me a little bit because so many cars seem to be carbon copies of, of the other ones. And the trucks are the same. There wasn't a whole lot of innovation in design, in my opinion, and a lot of electric vehicles, although I do sense there is a push back against the drive to electric vehicles. And I think it's because people are starting to realize there are problems with electric vehicles. And tomorrow you have to be here because we're going to cover something that is not getting any coverage. Lauren Fix is going to join me. And we will cover something that's getting zero coverage about uh, what the electric vehicles are doing to put a pretty bad pollutant into our environment. It has nothing to do with the mining of the rare earth minerals because I'm I'm all against what the mining of those rare earth minerals is doing to the children who are essentially slave labor. So that's tomorrow's show, which is already in the works. And uh, Lauren will be here manana and we'll get into it. And radio update uh, Thursday. I am uh, live for Trey Radel on 92.5 Fox News out of Fort Myers, Naples, Florida. You can listen via the Internet at writeallalong.net, writeallalong.net. And then Friday morning, get up early, I'll be in for Nick Kale on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And you can listen to that on the Odyssey app, which is free, which is nice. And so tonight, Florida, tomorrow morning, Philly. So let's hang out. We're going to cover a lot. We're going to try and get our friend Gordon Chang, to join us to talk about China. China is all in a lather because we have uh, suddenly sidled up with Taiwan, even closer than before. You have the president of Taiwan visiting America and meeting up with the Speaker of the House out in California, Kevin McCarthy, met with uh, Taiwan's president, and then a CODEL, as it's known, a congressional delegation, flew to Taiwan bipartisan and meeting with the vice president of Taiwan. They want weapons in case China's going to attack them, and a lot of people believe that's going to happen. So we'll deal with that if we can get Gordon Chang on here. Uh, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Maybe tonight on the radio in Fort Myers, Naples. You have to tune in to find out. Uh, before we get into all the other news of the day, I do want to look at uh, this day in history. Because on this day back in the day, there was a lot going on. And kicking it off is a crazy story out of 1841 that has connections to today. 
Now, in 1841, on this day, John Tyler was inaugurated as the 10th president of the United States. 1841, John Tyler, 10th president of the United States. John Tyler has a grandson who is alive today. At least, last time I checked, I'll have to do my homework on this. So, follow me on this math, because it's crazy. John Tyler was born in 1790. He was 63 years old when his son, Lyon, was born. L-Y-O-N, maybe Leon. Tyler's son was born in 1853, when Tyler was 63 years old. Tyler married a much younger woman. His wife was much younger, and they had children well into John Tyler's 70s including a son named Harrison, who was born in 1928 and is reportedly alive today. He was born in 1790, has a grandson that's alive today. If he's passed away since I read this story, I'll, I'll double check. But that's, that in itself is amazing that he was born in the 1790s And then he has a grandson who's with us, apparently today, presidential grandson. I wonder if he gets invited to all the uh, inaugurations. You would think that would be one of those things they invite presidential kids and grandkids and great-grandkids to. It's kind of like the way the Masters invites previous champions to come to the champions' dinner and to the tournament. I'm just saying watching a lot of Masters Golf this week, and I know you are probably too. If you're a golf fanatic like me, all right, back to On This Day, back in the day. In uh, 1896, Athens kicked off the modern-day Olympics, and that was after a 1,500-year hiatus. It's kind of funny. Uh, on this date in 1930, a culinary landmark, Twinkies went on sale for the first time, and the original filling was... Banana. Yeah. And on this day in 1968, 2001, A Space Odyssey opened the Stanley Kubrick film, which is uh, interesting because when it opened in 68, we're like, wow, that's what it's going to be like in 2001. And then I wonder, I wonder if this still works. You used to be able to ask your, your iPhone questions like open the pod bay doors or will you open the pod bay doors, that line from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey to Hal the Computer. Uh, let's see if it still works. I've got my iPhone here. Hey, Siri, can you open the pod bay doors? Doesn't anybody knock anymore? See, they put in a bunch of silly responses. Hey, Siri, can you open the pod bay doors? Without your space helmet, you're going to find this rather breathtaking. Yeah, I get what you did there. Perfect. So it is the uh, anniversary of Kubrick's great film, 2001 uh, Space Odyssey. You should watch it. And the computer Hal was named as an homage to IBM. Think of the letters H-A-L and how they are connected to I-B-M. Hmm. Funny how that works. 
All right, so much going on today that we have to get into everything. I mentioned China a little bit. There's a lot of tension with China. China's not happy that we're actually taking care of our friends and telling our friends that we're, we've got their back. Taiwan is a friend. China wants Taiwan back. We want to keep Taiwan free. And why? Well, number one, because they make most of the chips in the world, the computer chips. And if we don't keep Taiwan free, China will control all those chips. So pay attention to that. Even Nancy Pelosi thought that Kevin McCarthy's meeting with the president of, China, of Taiwan was a great idea. And that's a rare moment of bipartisan praise out of uh, Pelosi. Maybe she's gotten into the wine early or something. I don't know. Uh, there is presidential news as Robert Kennedy Jr., has announced that he's going to run against Biden, and we still don't know if Joe's going to run. By the way, is Joe running? Nobody knows. Remember Thanksgiving when the family was going on that vacation to that millionaire, multi-millionaire donor's home where Joe always gets a a free vacation from this loyal Democrat donor. Uh, We were told that that was the, the vacation they were going to have the family meeting and decide on another run, and then we got nothing. And then we were told it was going to be connected to the State of the Union. We got nothing. And then we were told, well, we don't know anything. So maybe the Biden family's Easter break is going to be when Joe and the family decide whether or not he's going to run. But Robert Kennedy said he's thrown his hat in the ring. And speaking of Joe's break, I I was just going over the president's public schedule. Because it seems like he's been kind of missing in action. Since Friday, when he attended uh, a public event in Mississippi, still hasn't been to East Palestine, Ohio, but he had that uh, event in Mississippi to stand in front of all the tornado damage and tell the people of uh, the area that the federal government will be there for them. And instead of saying Rolling Fork, Mississippi, he said Rolling Stone. Mississippi because his brain is not functioning fully. He did go to um, an event in uh, Minnesota where he was plugging the ironically named Inflation Reduction Act. But really nothing since then. He had a press briefing on Tuesday. He had the presidential daily briefing and then he had one yesterday But nothing. He had lunch with the vice president yesterday and nothing. And today, today, the president gets his briefing or got it at 11 a.m., depending on when you hear this. And then he will depart the White House, headed to Camp David for Easter weekend. So nothing out of the president pretty much all week long. Nothing other than what probably looked like a campaign event that he held in Minnesota. You've got the dollar under attack as China is working feverishly to supplant us as the world reserve currency. And uh, we're now seeing China and Saudi Arabia trading for oil using the yuan. That's not a good thing. And Kenya is now buying oil using Kenyan shillings in lieu of American dollars. That cannot be good. It can't be good for us at all. 
And where's Joe Biden? He's not out there working it. He's not out there saying, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to drill more here. Instead, he's got his uh, press flack, KJP, telling people that uh, his policies are working great on the economy. Are they? Uh, but look, the president, we have talked about how uh, the economy, uh, uh, the president's policy when it relates to the economy is working. Uh, uh, I beg to differ. Inflation was at 1.4%. Gas was $2.39 a gallon. Today, inflation is 6%. Gas is over $3.50 a gallon. Wages have dropped for almost two straight years. And there was a spike in unemployment claims. People are losing their jobs. There are layoffs happening, and mostly in the tech market. But uh, Joe, last week, the last time we really saw him, was uh, saying things that were incoherent. When it comes from the top down, my dad's kitchen table, not much dropped on that kitchen table from the top down. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's really embarrassing. Maybe this is why we're not hearing too much out of the campaign or the Democrats about Joe running again. They just seem to be avoiding the question. And um, I, I point to... Some of the comments he's made in the last seven days. It really sounds like Joe is having trouble. What in God's name is Joe Biden trying to say? Well, let's listen to some of the things. This was just a week ago. Uh, I have, uh, we have, uh, um, you know. Uh... No, I don't know. I have, uh, I, uh, what? What? There's more. This was Joe again. This is all within the last seven days. I'm known as America's most pro-labor senator. Wait a minute. You're known as as what? I'm known as America's most pro-labor senator. You're not a senator, sir. You were a senator, and maybe it was so long that you were a senator that's all you remember. Hmm. Joe popped into a, a meeting in the White House, and at the end of it, he... Uh, he just couldn't put together a, a good finish. I hope you have a good round table. And uh, there's a little thing going on in, around the world. What? There's a little thing going on in, around the world. There's a little thing uh, going on around the world. I, I think it's time for us to revisit the song that was put together a while back when Joe was showing us just how disconnected his brain is from his mouth. It, it was a, uh, a magical montage, if you will, of the man who would eventually become president. What's the song that is played where everybody is on the chair? I don't everybody know. Had, uh, you know, uh, you going, tell me. Going to uh, the, uh, you know, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. I'm going to lose track. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Where the hell are you? My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. Where am I heading? I keep forgetting I'm president. Where am I? No idea. Last night on uh, the television. Uh, television. I was on a telephone. Rapidly rising. Uh, 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 and with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. COVID has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's lives reflected in the A-A-N-N-H-E-I. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot of him. We're going to seize the ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. 
Anyway. I'm... My mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. Yeah, my mind's going blank now. The Joe Biden brain montage. It's uh, it's probably if they release that as a single, it would probably challenge Donald Trump's number one song with the January 6th choir. That's the combination of the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem. Just a fantastic, fantastic recording. But no, no, Joe Biden, his, his mind is blank now. He's going to be at Camp David with the family. And I, I am glad that, that the, uh, the president is using Camp David instead of relying on the kindness or what you could probably confer as an in-kind campaign contribution when he visits the home of his billionaire buddies like he did at Thanksgiving. I just think that smacks of, of cronyism and God knows what other connections are made due to the gift of that vacation. And I would say that for any party president. I just think it's kind of important. Uh, other stories that I want to get to before we, uh, we do have uh, Jim Stovall popping in because we need, on weeks like this, we need some winner's wisdom. And Jim Stovall is going to give us some of that today. He's just an amazing and inspiring guy. Uh, but someone who is not amazing and not inspiring, uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president who went to Africa. We still don't know why last week, other than the fact that uh, she gave out $130 million of tax, billion dollars of taxpayers' money, which pales in comparison to what China's handing out in effort to uh, get influence on the continent with some of the countries in Africa. But um, she was at a seminar event presentation in Washington and on stage decided to... uh, well, just show us how foolish she, she is. What does that Australian news lady say when she talks about Kamala Harris? The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat <laughs> away from the presidency. The yeah. comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. Yep, think about that. Kamala, yesterday, she's just an embarrassment. I just spoke yesterday with astronaut Glover. Do you guys know who he is? <laughs> He's about to go on the Artemis II mission to circle the moon. I just talked to him yesterday, right? Embarrassing, right? Why wouldn't she mention all of the astronauts? Because she's playing a virtue signaling card because Glover happens to be a black man. There's also a woman astronaut, and then there are two other astronauts. They all happen to be, uh, well, at least the, the ones that are members of the American military, great pilots which is kind of cool and we're going back to the moon which i think is really important for us we're the only country who successfully landed on the moon and i know that our enemies are looking to colonize the moon or get from the moon the valuable minerals that are supposedly there but to make this a virtue signal event is just embarrassing but that's what she is uh it's so irritating and frustrating. I know, I know, I know. Uh, the other story that we're going to be following until something happens of consequence is, of course, the indictment of Donald Trump. 34 counts against Donald Trump, but it's all a bunch of counts that are stacked up. If you heard Wendy Patrick explain it 
then you are smarter than most of the people on the news. And it is a wonderful thing that Wendy explained it for us. If you want to hear it, you can go back and listen. I think it was two days ago on the podcast. Uh, The other story is how the media is reacting and expressing what can only be called fake sadness over Donald Trump's arrest. Now they're all worried about it. For the last couple of years, all they wanted was Donald Trump to to be arrested and perp walked and frog marched, if you will. I'm old enough to remember the almost daily, daily statements by the members of the mainstream media's left side, hoping, wishing, slathering and slobbering all over themselves, wishing for Donald Trump to have the walls close in on him. It's been going on for over five years are closing in and the walls are closing in that the walls are closing in on the president are the walls closing in the walls are closing in on the presidency he says as the walls begin to close around him the political walls closing in on him this is a president that feels the walls closing in the walls are closing in on donald trump uh, i think the walls are finally closing in the walls 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 and the walls the walls the walls the walls the walls are closing closing in closing 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 in. Closing in on us. Closing in. The walls are closing in on President Donald Trump. He's not looking forward to any of it. Yeah. And this takes us up to this week. And Joe Scarborough on MSNBC. They've been saying this for five years. He's horrified. He's just talking big. The walls are closing in. As as has been said before. Yeah. You realize how ridiculous he laughed at himself because they realize how ridiculous they are. They've been saying this forever. And maybe, maybe they think they're going to get their wish, but then they all wanted to take the high ground and say that former president Donald Trump and his indictment were a very sad thing for America. It's a sad day for America hard stop this is no time for celebration Uh, you know i I think it's sad i have fought trump for a long time but i'm sad that this has happened how are you feeling about a historic day you know it's it's sad and this is a day of profound sadness that an ex-president uh is indicted but it's also a time to celebrate because it's a sad moment to see a former president have to do this, even though we feel it could lead to justice. If, if, if you if you don't see this, it's a sad day for America. It's a sad day for America. It's a sad day. Well, I don't think anybody can consider it a good day. Regardless of anything, it's just really sad. It's a sadness, I, I think, uh, that we got to this point. I just want to remain measured. The left full of somber support. I think really this should be a somber moment. It is a serious, somber, solemn moment. It's obviously a somber moment and it's a, it's a sad moment. Well, it's really a sad day when we get to this point. Incredibly sad day for our country. It is a serious night and a somber moment for our country. Now, I, I, I have to stop it. It goes out for another 30 seconds and good work, great work by Grabian's Tom Elliott for putting all that together. But you have to know that all of these people are reading from the same release that the DNC sends out. We heard a few days ago that former press secretary Jen Snarky, who is now a multi-million dollar a year employee of MSNBC, Jen Snarky was kind of warning Democrats not to be dancing and jubilant 
over the arrest and indictment of Donald Trump. There was a warning there, and that came from a DNC talking points memo. But I guarantee you, if we could get our hands on the talking points memo that came out ahead of the indictment, they were telling all these media walks and the Democrats who are on those channels use the words somber and serious and say that this is a bad day for America. This is sad and somber because those people don't use those terms and suddenly they're all using the terms amazing and yet not amazing all right other stories i want to touch on yeah we could be mad about the uh the wokeness out of nike and budweiser but let's think about a couple of things here if i'm mad about it i really I really don't have a a horse in this race. I don't drink, but I'm not a big beer drinker. I'm not a big consumer of Nike. I got mad at Nike when I found out they were using a lot of slave labor. I got mad at Nike when they, they decided that the profits of the company were more important than the lives of the Uyghurs, who are basically the victims of a genocide in China. So I have been not a Nike person for a long time. And I, I just, I, I understand the outrage, but I think women have to gather together and be outraged by what's going on with this Dylan Mulvaney character, a man pretending to be a woman who now is getting a whole bunch of money from Bud and Nike and other companies. And there's even a, a, a list of, companies that I published, I put the Twitter out again, that are also supporting this insanity. It is wrong. It's unfair to women. And if you truly believe that women are equal to men, you will stop this. As women, you will stand up and say, stop canceling us. This is the ultimate cancel culture. So I, that's all I'm going to say. Companies are allowed to do whatever they want, as dumb as they are. I think it's an absolutely stupid move by Anheuser-Busch to do this. Pandering, virtue signaling, idiotic. Because I guarantee you, that dancing clown does not drink beer. That skinny, I, I, I'm going to get in trouble, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but the Nike stuff... And the beer stuff, let them suffer the consequences of capitalism when consumers decide how they're going to respond. Find other places to get your beer. It's your choice. Uh, And while we're on the woke subject, I have to let you know that the Biden administration is once again attacking language. The National Institute of Standards and Technology, a federal and science technology office. Got it? Your tax dollars at work. The National Institute of Standards and Technology has just made race and gender speech codes for scientists a top priority. This story out of Just the News, uh, John Solomon's great website. They put out guidance which has examples saying, Uh, Federal employees should not use words like blacklist or whitelist because, you know, it brings up race. And uh, don't use terms that 
assign a gender to inanimate objects such as male and female connectors. We know why they're called male and female connectors because one's got an innie and one's got an Audi. This, uh, this agency gets 1.65 billion taxpayer dollars. Your money. And they've got the list there. Uh, avoid terms such as master and slave that perpetuate negative stereotypes or unequal power relationships. Well, if a hard drive is the main hard drive and another one is the secondary, one has to be in charge. One has to be the master. The other is a slave to that master. Let's, let's calm down about that. They've already got realtors saying, oh, don't use the term master bedroom anymore. Well, it's the main bedroom. It's the master bedroom. What's wrong with it? No one's calling the other bedrooms slave bedrooms. God, we're stupid. But $1.63 billion of your dollars. And this all comes out of the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion offices. Where, again, we're paying people for that stupidity. It, it, it's very frustrating. You know what I need? I need to take a quick break. And when we get back... We'll get Jim Stovall in here. Jim Stovall's got some winner's wisdom. And then I'm uh, I'm going to be doing radio this evening in Florida in for uh, Trey Radel on The Drive on 92.5 Fox News. You can listen via the internet. Yeah, it's real simple. You just go to writeallalong.net, writeallalong.net. And when we get back, Jim Stovall with some winner's wisdom on the Pure Opelka podcast. <laughs> Well, the world has gone crazy. All kinds of questions are arising about the rule of law and whether or not politics has entered the judicial system and are we weaponizing prosecutions. So I need sanity. And when I need sanity, I lean on our friend Jim Stovall, the man behind the Winner's Wisdom column, and so many books in your library, movies, as well as the, uh, the narrative television network that helps blind people appreciate movies and TV and enjoy that kind of entertainment as well. And Jim is joining us. Jim, I hope you brought the trailer full of sanity today. Yes, we are the oasis in the insanity today. And uh, <laughs> and if at any point this interview is interrupted, it will mean that uh, you and I, uh, one or the other, had to step away for fingerprinting or whatever it may be. But, uh, yeah, I think it's... it's, it's uh, you know, it, it, you know that ancient Chinese proverb, may we live in interesting times. And for the better or worse, uh, there's no question we do. I think it just gets more interesting every day. I don't know how anyone can be bored in our world. And it's I'm not just talking about the, the politics out of D.C. <laughs> that have leaked across the country. But I find interesting things everywhere every day. So uh, boredom is not something I suffer from. As a matter of fact, my wife keeps telling me, you need to just shut everything down for a week and just just go away for a week. We need to put your phone down and come back. Uh, all the wonder and magic will be here. But, you know, I have FOMO on some of those days. I don't want to miss out. So we'll, that's a well, subject for another day, though, I think. No question. As, as a novelist and screenwriter myself, I, I will tell you, it's, it's times like these that make it really challenging because you can't make this stuff up i mean uh, y you know i mean uh, you know i don't know whether it's suspense or horror or comedy we're dealing with here but uh, 
it is you know this is really amazing and 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 candidly uh, you look at the, the things in the headlines if I had written that in a novel or sent it off to one of the movie studios, they would have laughed it off. I mean, come on, Jim, we got to have something a little more realistic than this. And, uh, you know, it is it is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, your publisher writes back, no one will believe this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there it is. Uh, let's talk about this week's Winner's Wisdom column, which all of you can get it as well. It shows up in your inbox. You go to jimstovel.com and you sign up and it's free and it comes there and it's a little... A little vitamin of hope and inspiration. And this week you ventured out on the ice in hockey and we pick up a lesson thanks to hockey. Yeah, the great one. I, you know, success leaves footprints. And, uh, you know, if you want to go somewhere, you don't have to figure out how to do it. Just just follow the leader. And uh, I am not a huge hockey fan. I am a huge fan of success and greatness. I love observing people that are the very best at what they do. I don't care if they're an opera singer, an artist, a ballet dancer, a novelist, or a hockey player. And, and Gretzky certainly earned his nickname, The Great One. But my favorite quote of his that applies to you and me and everyone listening to us, he said, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where it's going to be. And that is such a powerful thing because in our rapidly changing world, so many people are are chasing the moment, and by the time you get there, the moment isn't there. A government study of employment said that uh, seventy percent of jobs that exist today will not exist twenty years from now. And you know, I work a lot at the Stovall Center at our university, and and you know, I see kids. You know, I'm signing up for this major, and when I ask why, well, my parents and I decided there's a lot of jobs available right now in this major and i said well you're four or five years away and and everybody else is doing the same thing and by the time you get there there's going to be a horde of people trying to get through that revolving door and why don't you just pursue your passion because the people who are the best at whatever they do there's always room for them it doesn't matter how crowded the field is there's always room at the top i i love the pursuit of passion and trying to make sure people weave that into their their um occupation or or their their life because as jim says if you're passionate about something it will never become work uh, i can tell you when i found a way to make a living in broadcasting or in in journalism i have not worked a day since there have been tough days there have been long days but there's never been a work day jim and and you pursue something you love and you pursue not i don't want to say perfection but greatness within that passion you will be happy forever oh yeah i you know working in the movies has given me the opportunity to work with some amazing amazing artists and uh, you know and then i think of the musicians we've had bob dylan and and one that i just fell in love with was bb king mm. and and i got to go to several of his shows and went to his 80th birthday party and you know and and i said where do you go from here man and and you know he he was he was in his eighties and he said uh, you know I have two hundred and fifty shows this year and he said I you know I, I hope I live to be a hundred and die doing this and you know and he was struggling a little just physically getting around he could still play but I, I asked his orchestra leader the band leader guy and I said how how's the old gentleman doing and I'm a little concerned and he said oh no he he he'll make it once the once the music cranks up he's he's good to go and then and then he said about every four or five nights. 
he will just come out absolutely screaming. He's playing everything. <laughs> and he said, I will turn and look out there, and invariably, one of them that is there, Keith Richards or Eric Clapton, or one of them is sitting in the audience on the first or second row, and they've come to see the master, and he just, the old guy will not lay down. I mean, he is still playing. And I just love that passion he had all the time. Yeah, and he made it to almost 90, made it to yeah. 89. And one of the one of the true joys of my life was being able to meet him and, and talk to him. And when you were in a room with B.B. King and he turned to talk to you, you felt like you were the only person in the room. He had that skill, and he was truly the epitome of a gentleman. He was, uh, he was amazing, and uh, you know. And, and and I remember asking him. I said, "How come your guitar? I mean, you know, there's a hundred thousand guys playing an electric guitar, and you 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 know that one's not modified. That's a hollow body uh, Gibson right out of the box. How do you make it sound like that?" How come everybody can't sound like B.B. King? I mean, I can turn on an album, and I know that's B.B. King. And he said, uh, and he said, I got a lot of mileage. He said, uh, he <laughs> said, young people try to play, and they haven't slept in the rain enough. If you've slept out in the rain, you can just sing and play different. And you know, and he said, these aren't just the mythical songs for me. He said, this is my life. This is my life. My life in lyrics. And uh, and he said, all you got to do is. Uh, you know, have a couple of chords and the truth, and you can play. And and he just believed it. And, man, it, it, you could tell. The power of belief, the power of passion brings success to the front. I believe it. I love the stories about Wayne Gretzky, the guy who talks about skating to where the puck is going to be, not to where it is, about anticipation. And Gretzky certainly was a guy that had great passion for his work. And the BB King story. Now, I, I even appreciate you more, Jim, because I, I know you got to meet BB King and got to know BB King. That's the difference. Uh, and therein lies the depth. If you want to know more, go to jimstovel.com, go there today, sign up, get the winner's wisdom column, and then uh, we'll talk about it wherever I am on the radio. My friend, let's all hope that the madness subsides and we can survive uh, to have another conversation next week. You can count on it. Be well, and we will talk then. 